T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. You're listening to The Extra Point Show with Sal Capaccio and Sneaky Joe DiBiase on WGR Sports Radio 550. It's unreal. I can't even describe it right now. I can't lie. We fought for another two weeks with each other, man. And, you know, obviously, it's my first time in the Super Bowl. I, I just can't. I couldn't be more excited. We, we were down, down big, of course. It didn't go our way, but we fought. We kept fighting. We, we fight for each other. Like I said, we fought for another two weeks with each other. Josh had to tell me again who that was. You told me, and I think I did not get. Trent Williams, thank you. There you go. San Francisco 49ers. Niners against Chiefs in the Super Bowl. Rematch from a few years ago. I mean, what's the... Joe, remember how we opened the show and I said, I just think there's too much of the, this guy can't win, this guy can't beat that guy, can't get over this, and mm-hmm. there's not enough of the, hey, I mean, give the credit to the other team. Like, it's, it's hard to win. Only one team can. I would ask you, though, if Kyle Shanahan... Loses in the Super Bowl. What are we saying about him? I mean, he's he mm-hmm. he's gotten to two. Then he actually had the one in Atlanta where he was the offensive coordinator and they blew it. But he would have gotten to two and he wouldn't have won any. I mean, is that become his thing? People say he just can't win the Super Bowl. Uh, he. I, think I would think it'd be you, unfair if it is. Yeah, I think when you make it to the Super Bowl, you generally don't get that as much. Um. I think people know enough that like b- them's the breaks right a little bit sometimes in right. games uh, if you lose like three or four then maybe you start getting it but I, I i don't think you'd hear it about shanahan if they lost like a close game we are going to welcome in now on the west her hotline from our odyssey sister station 670 the score in chicago chris emma friend of the program has been on before chris it's sal and joe here in buffalo hope you're enjoying your uh off season, and I know it just started for everybody here just a few weeks ago for you guys in Chicago. Good morning. What's up? How we doing? Doing well, doing well. Brought you on for a few different things, Chris. Want to talk about you know what the Bears might do in the off season, but let's start with Eric Washington. Um, you and I were texting about you know Eric over the weekend and kind of what he brings and my experience with him in Buffalo. He goes to wa- he goes to Chicago, and I said to you, I think he's a really good teacher, right? I think he's a, I think you know something that I liked wa- watching him coach, watching him teach with the position group. What are they? What are they looking for in Chicago? Why did they reach out to get Eric Washington as a defensive coordinator? Yeah, I, I love that, you know, Sal. You use the word teacher because Matt Eberflus a couple weeks ago when asked about what he looked for in that defensive coordinator, he said the number one most important thing is to find a great teacher, and it, it makes sense when you consider what this role is. And Matt Eberflus is a defensive-minded coach. He, it's his defense. It's his, his uh, system, and he's going to be calling that unit moving forward. That's something that he decided in making this hire, but. He wanted somebody who's the right compliment, somebody who understands the scheme, but more so, I think, understands the development track. And 
the Bears are very raw on the defensive line. They, they've done a good job at linebacker, T.J. Edwards, Tremaine Edmonds, who you guys know very well, and then they've upgraded that, that secondary where it's a strength for this group. But I think it matters that Eric Washington comes from a background in which he's been developing defensive linemen and, and a long track record of that specific within this defensive scheme. The Bears running that kind of cover two style. I think that goes a long way. They really need to get better in that group. They've got some young guys, including a pair of D2, uh, day two picks from last year with Zach Pickens and Jerron Dexter Sr. And they want to see this group develop. They, they want to really upgrade that defensive line. But uh, Eric Washington's role is going to be alongside Matt Eberflus and overseeing this defense, uh, helping him in terms of scouting and getting the game plan ready for each week, but also being that guy in front of the room with Matt Eberflus is in an offensive meeting or somewhere else within the building. And Eric Washington seems like a great leader, a guy who is really well uh, regarded and respected around the league. And I think it's a great pickup for the Bears. He has been a defensive coordinator. He was in Carolina as well. This is the second year for Matt Eberflus. Um, how much, after the year the Bears had, how much heat was on him? Like, was there a talk at all that the Bears could move on from him or was it always kind of understood he was going to get a third year? No, it, it was up It was up in the air. They weren't really sure. Uh, Kevin Warren, the team's new president, really promised he said, we want to do a thorough evaluation. And, and he left that to the end of the season. Like, they had no decision made. And usually, you know, these things get leaked out nationally. You hear so-and-so is expected to return. Like, there was really none of that with Matt Eberflus because everybody in that building truly did not know. Uh, they went into that season finale in Green Bay, a tough loss for the Bears, finished out 7-10. And they didn't really reveal that Eberflus would return until that Wednesday. So three days later, and the longer it went, you were kind of wondering, are they going to make this change? Like, consider for a fact that, you know, the Bears are in a great position here in terms of draft capital, uh, they've rebuilt over two seasons, and they're expecting to be a contender this year. They had a chance that they wanted to dump Matty Bufus and get a guy who's that clear upgrade as a head coach, and they believe in him. They think he can get them over the top. They like the way that this thing is trended under his watch, and uh, they elected to stand by Matty Bufus. Do you think them retaining him has any does, – does it say anything about what the chances are of them picking a quarterback – one overall versus keeping Justin Fields. I mean, I might think if you're going to pick a quarterback one, like why not bring in a fresh head coach, kind of time them up at the same time. But, you know, we've, we've also thought that that was meaningful in the past and then the teams just go ahead and pick the guy anyway. It's a great question because you're exactly right. That's the way it should be looked at. The Bears don't do things that way, and, and they've messed this up over the years. In 2017, it was John Fox and a – Wayne Duck third season when they drafted Mitch Trubisky. And John Fox didn't even know they were making that pick when they selected Trubisky second overall, which speaks to a poor organization. And then 2021, they brought back Matt Nagy for a fourth season, which was a lame duck year, and they go out and draft Justin Fields. And the Bears just never seem to learn. They, they, you're right. They should be aligning the head coach and the quarterback. And I think that was part of why I thought Matt Eberflus might not return was because you had to get that right. Uh they elected to bring back Matt Eberflus. You can call it a lame duck year. We'll see. I, I think they're trending the right way, and I, it's curious to see what the expectations are. But as it relates to the quarterback, I, I don't think anything was determined in terms of what they're going to do. And I think they still truly do not know. I, I believe they are leaning toward drafting Caleb Williams, but Ryan Poles has said he wants to take this as deep as he can. They feel really good about Justin Fields. They believe in him as a starter. I think there's absolutely a scenario in which he's back leading the Bears next season, but they also see Caleb Williams has the high ceiling, man. I mean, he could be a superstar in this league. And Justin Fields, as good as he's been, he's got a high floor, but 
they think there's a cap on his ceiling. And, and I think that's ultimately what it comes down to. Now, to your point, it's about the coaching. It's about developing Caleb Williams, getting this thing right, and building yourself in the long term that way. And uh, I've got a lot of question marks as to whether they can do that. Well, right. I wonder, like, their history, I, it's got to be so interesting, like, for this offseason for them, especially for the fans, because you have the Bears who passed on Patrick Mahomes. I don't know how controversial that was at the time, but they did that. And you often hear Caleb Williams called, like, the closest thing to Patrick Mahomes. So, like, part of me thinks, how in the world are you going to pass on that again versus they also just traded down and passed on quarterbacks last year, and that trade could not have gone better. The trade went great, but, you know, C.J. Stroud looks like he's going to be that next star. They they evaluated him. They looked at he along with Bryce Young in this quarterback class, and they did believe they were better off punting, and I get why they did it. You mentioned that that hole. They got D.J. Moore. They got – a pair of first-round picks. They've got a pair of second-round picks. Like, massive haul, franchise-altering haul that can really set them up. And obviously, that first-round pick they got is number one overall. I don't know if they quite forecasted that, but it's a fortunate situation. you got a chance to get this right now with the quarterback position. And for all the resources, everything you've done with this roster, a very good, promising young roster they got, it doesn't matter if you miss on the quarterback thing. You've you got to get this right. Two years in a row with the number one pick, you can't be sitting here a few years later saying, man, we missed out the quarterback here. Caleb Williams has that high upside, and I believe he's going to be a star in this league. And I think the Bears see that. They understand to get this thing right and to really solidify a roster that can be a championship-caliber group, you've got to get Caleb Williams in there. And I agree because, of, if anything, I mean, what sways it real heavily for me, Chris, is the contract situation. You have to pay Justin Fields eventually if you're going to keep him. Even if you don't pay him top, top money, you got to pay him enough. Whereas you get to reset the entire you know, financial landscape by bringing Kayla Williams on a rookie contract. Yeah, and that matters. That absolutely matters. When you're doing right. you know, Ryan Pohl's first task was to get this team out of a terrible salary cap situation, and that's why they ultimately chose to do the rebuild. He's not taking that for granted. He's not gone out there with a clean cap and started spending left and right and getting this team, you know, deep in the books. He's understood that it's a luxury that they got to keep safe. And yeah, you're exactly right, Sal. If you do get Caleb Williams, you're resetting uh, that salary clock. Versus if you do keep Justin Fields, he's through year three. You got to pay him like a starter. You got to invest around him truly as your guy. It, this can't be another punt year where you look to next year and maybe we get our guy in 2025. Like. It's a decision here. Uh, everybody's kind of waiting for it. It's been the story of Chicago now into this early part of the offseason. And draft is three months away. We'll see where it goes. But I do believe by the end of next month or into early March, I think the Bears will be trading Justin Fields and getting ready for Caleb Williams. Back on the head coaches for a moment. Is there any bitterness from Bears fans that they didn't specifically go after Jim Harbaugh? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, look at it. The nice parallel in Chicago is they just did this on the baseball side, and they've done it before, too, with the Cubs. You know, in 2014 into 15, they let go of Rick Renteria, who was a good man, but they said, let's go get Joe Baden. This guy's a championship caliber manager, and he leads the Cubs to the World Series. And this past fall, they get rid of a a franchise-beloved figure in David Ross, who was the manager, and managed pretty well because, hey, Craig Council is the best manager in baseball. Let's go do that. Like, George Kasky, the Bears chairman, is a huge Cubs fan. You think maybe that would inspire him? Like, hey, let's do this. Eberflus is fine, but Jim Harbaugh's the best coach out there. He would absolutely love to come back to the Bears. He had a chance to do it. They, they didn't even interview him. They didn't look at it. Uh, Ryan Poles was asked, did you consider or talk to Jim Harbaugh? And he said, no, he's the head coach in Michigan. And 
that one really rubbed people the wrong way because now he's this Los Angeles Chargers head coach. And uh, this is a guy who's got such a great track record and in particular developing quarterbacks. And yeah, I think Bears fans are really hurt by that one. Interesting because so Poles, uh, a semi-local guy here. So I know a lot of people know who he is. He's from Canandaigua, New York. How much is on him now, the hot seat, whatever you want to call it, to A, get this right, obviously, and how much, uh, uh, how much you know, can maybe some heat come on him, and how quickly would that be before they start thinking that maybe he's not the right guy to build the program? Yeah, it, it's curious, and I think the one thing before you really evaluate polls is kind of sorting out who led the decisions in this offseason. Kevin Warren, yeah. former Big Ten commissioner of the Bears, now uh, president has been a year into the job. He has a firm grasp on football operations. The previous president, Ted Phillips, that was not the case. He was not a football guy. He was more of the business side, and the general manager always had the authority. I want to know, and I don't know if I'm ever going to really truly know, it. was this Ryan Paul saying, I want to get Bruce back, or was Ryan Poles the one who said, I want to get a guy like Jim Harbaugh in there. And Kevin Warren said, we're standing by Matt Eberflus. Uh, Kevin Warren pointed to his role back with the Rams in the late 90s when he saw Dick Vermeil really have two tough years, his first two years leading St. Louis. and year three, they go on to win the Super Bowl. And he pointed to that as why they wanted to bring back Matt Eberflus. We'll see. Uh, Ryan Poles certainly has put in a lot of work building this roster, getting things right. Matt Eberflus was Ryan Poles' pick as head coach a couple years back. I would love to know, are they still on the same page? Are they really connected the way they should be to lead this thing forward? My impression is yes, and there's a lot of pressure on Ryan Poles as a result to get this thing, really get the results now after going from 3-14 and 14 to 7-10. and 10. This team has to be a playoff team next season. If they're not, that's really going to put some pressure on Ryan Poles. Question for both uh, you and Joe. What do you guys think? What, what does Justin Fields get? Like, what are you looking for? If you're, if you're trading Justin Fields, Joe, you got to ask for at least a first-rounder, right? I mean... Like, what is the return on that? And then what do you think, Chris, they're going to ask for? Yeah, Go ahead, Chris. You go first. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I've, I've talked to sources around the league who believe they could, if everything goes right, get that bidding war where you can get a one. And think about the teams in need okay. now. Those teams outside of the top ten, outside of that quarterback mix, the, the Steelers, the, the Raiders, uh, the Falcons, those are teams that are going to be looking for a quarterback. If you play your cards right, you're going to be able to get a strong return. you got potentially a first back for Justin Fields. I think most likely it's going to be a second and a three or second and mm. change some kind of package that way. But uh, you got to play these cards right here. You think about a month from now with the combine, that's Ryan pulls his time. Go get the market. Really build this thing up for Justin Fields and get teams interested. Yeah. yeah I was going to say the same thing, Chris. Like My thought on that would be like they would do really well to get a first-round pick, and I would not think Bears fans should be upset if they got like a second and whatever on top of it because the team acquiring Fields, you're, I mean, you're acquiring him because you're getting a quarterback upgrade but the th- you've burned up the rookie deal, you know. So like you've got a you've got a contract to figure out on top. It's not like you're trading for him in year two. You know what I mean? Like second round pick plus like you've got to pay him a contract, which I think is going to impact that too. Yeah, I, I think that's probably where it's going. But look, to your point, yeah, it, it, there's teams that need a quarterback, and right. you're either you got to be at the top five of the draft or making some dramatic trade up if you want to get that. If you're a team like the Steelers, you, you know Kenny Pickett's not that guy. Mm, like Steelers, Justin Steelers, Fields could be yeah, it. Yeah. Atlanta, the Falcons, they've not gotten that quarterback thing yeah. right in a few years. Justin Fields is an Atlanta native. Ryan Pace, who drafted Justin Fields to the Bears in 2021, he's number two in command now for the Falcons' front office. So. Mm. Uh, keep those teams in mind, and then you never know with the Raiders, right? They're always kind of the wild card out there. So uh, those are the three teams I'm focused on. Yeah. How do you see the uh, the division yeah. around Chicago right now? Because both Detroit and Green Bay had 
a lot of success in the playoffs. I think Green Bay really should have won that game against the Niners, and then you would have had an all-NFC North NFC championship. So how repeatable do you think what those two teams did, and do you think that like those are kind of the class? Is it right to consider them the class of the division right now? Yeah, I love that you asked that question, because right now my column on 670thescore.com went up, in which I pointed out how difficult this division is going to be for a number of years. And Ryan Poles had this great line two years ago when he was hired, saying, we want to take the North and never give it back. That's a really tough goal right now. And the Bears have put themselves in position for sustained success, but yet the Lions were 12-5 and this year. They had the same kind of rebuild. They're here to stay. Like That's a really good team. I know it was a really tough night for them out out West, but uh, that's a team that's not going anywhere. The Packers had... The youngest roster in the NFL this season. Jordan Love looks like a star already. I mean, they went for Brett Favre, Taylor Rodgers, and everybody's wondering if Love can be that guy. He looks fantastic. Like that—that's your franchise quarterback in Green Bay now, and you got so many young pieces around him. That, that team's not going anywhere. The Vikings—they've not gone more than two years uh, without a playoff berth here in, in the last decade, in the last 15 years, I could say. They've not won fewer than seven games in the last decade. That's a team that's always right there. You never really count them out. So. Uh, it's going to be really tough. The Bears understand that this division is potentially going to be one of the best in football next season, and uh, ideally for a long time for these other four, these other three teams. I mean, there's a lot of staying power there. You've got some really good coaches in place, some really bright executives, and uh, I think the Bears know they're in for a challenge to try to take the North. By the way, I think I speak for a lot of Bills fans listening when I say they hope the Carolina, the Chicago Bears, excuse me, do take. Justin Fields, I'm, Caleb, I'm screwing this up. The Chicago Bears do take Caleb Williams because then Washington tape takes Drake May, oh. and the Patriots do not get one of these guys. That, that is key. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I mean, that's, that's what we don't want to happen. Yep. And if to the Bears, if you no doubt about it. And it, Fields, it, as I say, you can get that bidding yeah, the number one pick again. No doubt about it. Chris, uh, what, what, how would you evaluate Tremaine Edmonds' season? Uh, it was good. I think he really stepped in as a leader. They, they liked his presence. This is a guy for a, a young group who had a lot of success in Buffalo, and uh, he was a great teammate. He was somebody who really relayed a lot of that. And uh, through the early struggles of this season, he was a guy in the locker room who was helping his team kind of stay afloat. And, hey, it, it's going to take a little bit. Stay calm. Stay, stick to the, uh, the course. And I don't know if the Bears have the success they do towards the end of the year without a guy like Edmonton there. Uh, but he also had a, a tough measuring stick because – he was essentially the Roquan Smith replacement. The Bears dealt Roquan Smith a year ago for a yeah. second-round pick. They didn't want to pay him. The Ravens did, and that guy looked like an absolute superstar in that Baltimore defense, including yesterday, man. He balled out even in a loss. Uh, Evans played well. I think he could have played better, frankly. I think he has another level in him that wasn't really there. And He dealt with a knee injury in November. I don't think this season quite worked out the way that he wanted to. And, you know, T.J. Edwards played better than him, frankly, at linebacker this year. Edwards was fantastic. Uh, I think I'm not worried about Edmonds. I think he's going to be a great player for this team for a number of years. He's still 25, which is amazing for a player who went through the league in 2018. We used to always say the Um, same thing. (laughs) Yeah, it's just he's got he's he's a playmaker. I think there's more plays he can make, but uh, Mm. he's been a really important addition for this group. Uh, like, and then before we let you out, Chris, yeah, go ahead, Joe. I was just going to say real quick, like that's the exact way I feel like we've talked about Tremaine Edmonds for like four years, <laughs> where he was good. We think there's another level in there, and also, guys, he's, look how young he is still. Like he's a good player, but man, that is like exactly how it sounded like the last five years with him. But anyways, yeah, I, yep. 
Go ahead, Sal. All right, so listen, that's right. Before I let you go, um, can you give us an up stadium situation with the Bears? I mean, I remember when we were there for preseason and a lot of talk, and then the owners' meetings last year, there was a set where they're going to build it, then there wasn't. I mean, what is exactly going on there now? It's a great question because nothing's really changed here over the last few months. Uh, everybody kind of thought at some point they, they would, you know, the Bears own Arlington Park out in the Burbs. And that's a 326-acre facility. Uh, it's an incredible plot of land in which you can not only build a stadium, but a massive entertainment district. They want to get that done, but they've had issues with getting tax certainty. They've been fighting with uh, the politicians there. And the Bears, even though they own that land, have said, we're wide open. We're looking at everything, including Chicago. Kevin Warren, who's leading this project, has not been shy about taking photos with Mayor Brandon Johnson of Chicago. Uh, he's been taking interest from other suburbs, such as Naperville, uh, looking at every offer and kind of building the pressure against Arlington to get this thing done. I ultimately do believe they're going to break out ground at Arlington at some point this year. Uh, that's what a four- to five-year venture. You're still looking several years down the road. But, yeah, Chicago's made an intriguing case about either uh, rebuilding Soldier Field entirely or building in the South Stadium lot just south of the current Soldier Field and redoing this. It's a tough plot of land to really get the stadium thing right and to build this the proper way you should. I think they're looking at Arlington. I think they will get it done eventually. But uh, it's been really a tough impasse. The Bears have struggled to get through. All right, Chris. Thanks a lot, buddy. We always appreciate you. I know the short notice I got with you today, but enjoy the offseason. This should be really, really interesting and fun in Chicago this offseason with all the decisions ahead. You got the number one pick. You have Justin Fields. You can trade one. You can trade the other. Take Caleb Williams. It's, it's going to be pretty interesting for you guys over there. Yeah, fascinating times. Uh, it's a lot to look forward to. Thanks for having me, guys. I appreciate it. You got it. Chris Emma right there. The score and Odyssey in Chicago, our sister station out there. We'll take a timeout. All right, Joe. Let's do this then. When we come back, how about you and I kick around? If you're a team, which teams should want to trade for Justin Fields? We can do that because that's yeah. going to be a huge decision for that organization, and that could really alter the landscape of a lot of other things that happen in the draft. So when we come back, we'll do that a little bit. We'll kick around what teams should be interested in trading for Justin Fields and having to pick up his 50-year option and give him a contract extension. We'll do that when we come back on WGR. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. I don't think it's too many coaching voices, but I just think when, you know, you're fed a lot of information at a point in time and trying to think about that info, like when you're playing, it's like 
it doesn't let you play like yourself. You're trying to process so much information to where it's like, if I just simplified in my mind, I would have did this. Like, I saw a few plays on Sunday to where if I was playing like my old self, like, we would have had a positive play. Like, there would have been a few more third down conversions. So, I think that's the biggest thing for me is just, you know, playing the game how I know how to play it, how I've been playing it my whole life. So, so that was Bears quarterback Justin Fields early in the season when there was a lot of scrutiny over maybe him. That was people interpreting him calling out the coaching staff. It actually turned around pretty well for him, Joe. He did have an injury. He was out for four games, but he had some really nice performances as well mixed in. There was a game at Minnesota. He went 73% completion percentage. There were a couple of games there. He had um, two games back-to-back where he went four touchdown passes and only one interception against Denver and none against Washington. Did a really nice job, and he was close to 10 yards um, per attempt in those games. So it's been a bit, <clears throat> a bit uneven. I think if you're another team, you look and say, okay, yeah, we might be able to harness something here. But it also would be tough to maybe bring him in, give up a really high pick, and have to pick up the fifth-year option and probably sign him to an extension if you do that. Right. That's that's why I think the Bears likely do not find their way to getting a first-round pick for him. I, I don't mm-hmm. doubt that they can maybe get a second or even a third, but I don't know. Like When guys are up, what do they typically get? Like How different is he really than Baker Mayfield when he was available for trade? Mm. From Cleveland, and Mayfield only fetched a fifth round pick, and that was the same timing. Like it was okay, time's up, rookie deal. You got to decide whether or not to pay this guy. And maybe you know Fields has a better reputation right now than Mayfield, but Mayfield had you know he had the touchdown record for rookies at the time. He had won a playoff game. He was super injured the year before, so he was maybe his value was down. But I don't think they cash in. I, I think he's an upgrade for a bunch of teams, but I just I I can't believe the Bears would pass on another, you know, round of top quarterbacks to to keep going with Fields. I, I mean, I think if you start at the bottom of the draft and let's just say, you know, Kansas City, San Francisco, whichever way it is, thirty one, thirty two, mm. and you go up, Baltimore, Detroit it takes you a while to get to a team that even would be interested here because right. if you're a bottom if you're a bottom team in the first round you could justify it more the higher you go up you're not going to do that but let's just go through the exercise here yeah you get no Baltimore no Detroit no Buffalo no Arizona nope. no t- I don't think right Arizona's not no, no, no. from there was rumblings early in the year but Murray's there I think Tampa is pretty all set with Baker and they're not going to swap out Baker for Justin Fields after what Baker just Correct. did right I wouldn't see that right okay Green Bay no Dallas no Houston, no. Philly, no. Miami, no. Pittsburgh's the first one you land on at pick 20. That's the first one, yeah. and there have been rumblings that maybe they'd be interested in something like that. Definitely no in Miami. Are you giving Tua... They, they, are you giving Tua the fifth year and the um, extension yeah. or Justin Fields and giving up capital? It's Tua. Yeah, it's definitely not. If that's no, the choice, you, you're no. not giving up capital for Justin Fields to swap out for No, Tua. that's that's right. That's right. If they right, if they ever move on from Tua, they do like the the golf right. Stafford trade where they're getting like a, we're getting a guy that does things or that has more of a reputation, right? Fields doesn't have the the track record for a trade like that, I don't think. You want a veteran guy if they ever did that. So no, right? The- Pittsburgh, I think is your you're correct, is like the first team where you think about it. First team by going up. The next team I get to is Seattle. I do wonder if Seattle would be interested in something mm-hmm. like that. They they don't. Yeah. They have draft picks. They John Schneider loves trading draft picks, right? But you know where yep. they are with their quarterback. Maybe they feel that they do something like that, and then and then you get to the New Orleanses, where in the Vegases, 
even Denver yep. with what their situation is. Yeah. Minnesota. There's a bunch of teams in that middle. And then Atlanta, of course, at eight is the one that's been the most tied to him. The the middle teams I think I like the most for this. Because like Atlanta at eight. If I'm Atlanta, if this quarterback class is like if the draft process plays out and it's as good as we think, where it's not just the top two, like Jaden Daniels is like getting a ton of hype now, um, and, and was. I mean, he won the Heisman. And you've got um, Michael Penix, who's got a massive arm. And, you know, I'd, the next crop is where you start to get iffy, but Bo Nix has been a first-round guy in recent mocks, and so is J.J. McCarthy. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're Atlanta at 8, I might think I got a pretty good shot at either at 8 getting a guy that I could just draft and develop, or I can move up and get a guy... Um, versus those other teams there, like Minnesota, with Cousins as a free agent. Who knows if they get him back? And you mentioned Denver and Vegas, like and in Seattle. These are teams where if they want to do something, they might not be in position to do it at the draft. So let's go to the trade market, and you th- probably think Fields is the most respectable idea that's going to be available unless some star quarterback that we don't think is available. And you mentioned Seattle, just real quick on them. They they did pay Geno Smith, but they set up his contract so that they can wiggle their way out of that. You know, like, long term, they're not tied up at the very least. Like, this year, they could save half the money if they wanted to go in with Fields and Smith and just eat it for a year. Then next year, they get out of almost all of it. So... Seattle can do it, even though they paid Geno Smith, and maybe you know they might want to. Who is the New England Patriots starting quarterback next season, Week One? I would bet right now it's Jaden Daniels. I think I think they'll pick a quarterback at three. I think he's the third guy. I think he because of his athleticism and his tools, and I don't think Williams mm-hmm. or May will be there. Um, I would bet it's a rookie, and if you ask me right now, I think Daniels would be third. I think you're right. He's rising, getting a lot of love. Yep. How does that make you feel about the Patriots going forward? Um, I mean, I would respect them more as a threat. I wouldn't not on the immediate though. Like I don't think the roster is near ready to compete with right. the top of the division. Um, but it would be like uh let me keep your let me keep my eye on them a little bit. In in season 1 of Game of Thrones, they like are keeping an eye on Daenerys who doesn't show up until like season 6. But they know in season one, like, hey, we've got to kind of track this. Like, that's New England for me. Yeah, it's season right. one of Game of Thrones yeah. where, like, I'm not worried about them in season one, but maybe by season five I'm going to have to really start worrying about it. Okay, would you have the exact same answer if I gave them Caleb Williams or Drake May? Uh, I, I think for me personally I would have to say yes. I mean, okay. is Williams and May so much better? I mean, they're definitely better right in terms of how the level of prospect you never know um, i think they are yeah i th- i think williams would scare me just because of the talent level there and you know there i guess there's some like personality questions and like you know how does he deal with adversity type stuff but for me i i would feel like the right coach can can keep a lid on that if it even needs to be if it's true in the first place um so williams would scare me because i the, the types of throws he makes, the types of plays he makes off structure, mm-hmm. like the the stuff that CJ Stroud did in year one with Houston, like I think he is capable of doing things like that versus the other two. 
I guess Daniels is capable too. I I don't know. I, I guess I should I shouldn't say I would rule out that even Daniels could make them like uh uh like oh look at this they struck gold and now I've got to worry about them too. Um, <laughs> Williams would be the one though. Of course, it would terrify me the most if he ended up there somehow. Well, if that happened, then you're pushing Marvin Harrison Jr. down the board. Yes. There's no way you could push him down far enough for the Bills to trade up, well, though, I don't think. Right? I think and I wouldn't necessarily want to do that for a wide receiver. This is a very good wide receiver draft anyway. Yeah. But, you know, I don't want I don't want Harrison Jr. in New England. He would then maybe get to four. You get the Cardinals. Who knows? Maybe they take neighbors instead. There's a lot of buzz yeah. now. Chris Trapasso actually has neighbors over Harrison Jr., by the way. Did you see that? I did see that, yeah. He right. And he some ranked people, him and, 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 and he's not the only one. Yeah. I the New England with Marvin Harrison Jr., I, I think they're there's there's a debate here. Like, would you rather? What would you rather have them do? Because if they pick Marvin Harrison Jr., just the way receivers are recently and the way quarterbacks are in nature, you might think there's a higher mm-hmm. probability that Harrison Jr. is going to hit. Like, he's going to be unbelievable. There's no doubt about it. The guy is too talented not to be. And the way receivers hit, it's, it's a higher percentage versus quarterback. It is kind of a crapshoot. So they pick Jaden Daniels. You know. The, the upside for Daniels is higher because if it's a quarterback that you hit on, well, I'll now look out. Versus Harrison Jr., like they still will have to hit on quarterback for it to matter, but I think it's more likely they're going to hit on like a, a, like a Hall of Fame-level talent, if that makes sense. Yeah, that's right. I agree with that. And, and look, they are void of talent around the roster. And honestly, yes. I have no idea what Gerard Mayo is going to be like as a head coach. He could be great. He could be a disaster. Who knows? I mean, the Belichick tree. I mean, you, I think betting right. against anyone from the Belichick tree, no matter who it is, you typically are going to hit. Or you're typically going to be right, if I'm assuming they're not going to be great, because who has it really worked out for? I think I think I saw this was maybe before the year, so I don't know if it's changed, but the only coach from the Belichick tree that has a winning record in the pros is Brian Flores. And he even he's only like one game over five hundred. Like mm-hmm. it just doesn't work for these guys. So I don't. And you, think and you I can't count assume. Rabel. He was only a player. He right. wasn't actually a coach. Yeah, and I don't under, think Dable. I don't think Dable counts because they usually go for like who the coordinator was. I think, um, or like it's whoever you got hired from. Maybe is how they did it. So yeah, like does it have to work? Who's going to run his offense is a big question because whoever if you draft a quarterback there, like you're going to have the right guy. To develop him. And identifying talent is really key. If you're not going to be a play caller, that's fine. But then you've got, like, look at Dan Campbell. Dan Campbell doesn't call plays on either side of the ball. But he they got to the NFC Championship in part because he identified the coaches underneath him that were going to run his offense and his defense. And, he, and it worked. And that is something that Belichick missed on repeatedly, especially lately. You can't, you can't make you have giant, you know, misses at those positions. And Mayo, I don't know, like who who he's going to bring in to run his offense. I think will be very critical to whether the quarterback they, they pick will apparently succeed. have nine candidates right now. Guys, they've interviewed total and For all that. Kind of the last one was. Yeah, uh, Nick Cayley, the tight ends coach from the Rams. There's guys from the Niners. Okay. There's, there's people everywhere right now. I mean, and that's fine. I think that's great. You got to do your due diligence. I don't see any like names, like name guys. You know what I mean? Attached to that job though, right now. Yeah, um, Luke Getzey, I think I saw attached to them. Yeah. But even is he a name? Like he spent a couple years with the Bears and it didn't go great. So 
Um, yeah, I don't know. I, like, I have not seen the only name, big name I've seen that's been attached to a coordinator job. I think is Arthur Smith in Pittsburgh. If that ends up happening. Oh yeah, that's right. Oh yeah, that's right. And that is, um, yeah, that's, right. be, that's in Pittsburgh. You're right. It'd be so funny, right? Yeah. Like Arthur Smith got buried and dunked on by everybody for how bad a play caller he was this year in Atlanta and Pittsburgh who has not been able to figure that out is going to go with him they, they have not hired him so I don't want to I don't want to criticize them yet for it right um speaking of coordinators Ken Dorsey got a job in Cleveland Joe in about an hour and 15 minutes I got to go on Cleveland radio to talk about Ken Dorsey mm. I'm gonna ask you what do you think what I'm gonna put you in that position what, what should we say about Ken Dorsey to our friends at 93.7 the fan in Cleveland Let's kick that around because I got to do that in about uh, an hour, a little over an hour. So Ken Dorsey gets the job in Cleveland. Joe Brady gets the job in Buffalo. We'll talk about Bobby Babich's situation as well here when the Extra Point Show continues on WGR. Extra Point Show here on WGR. 8030550 is the phone number. We have a few minutes if you want to sneak one in here. Niners and Chiefs in the Super Bowl, of course, as Kansas City wins in the AFC Championship game yesterday. While the Niners beat the Lions, and everyone will be talking about Dan Campbell, I'm sure, for the next eight months. The Cleveland Browns hire Ken Dorsey to be their new offensive coordinator. And Sal, you're going on Cleveland Radio in a couple hours, right? Yeah, well, at 1 o'clock today, I am going to go on our friends over at 93.7 The Fan in Cleveland. They're going to ask me about Ken Dorsey. Mm-hmm. And I've thought about it. Like, what should I say about Ken Dorsey? What they're getting in an offensive coordinator? Because... It's easy just to go, ah, yeah, the fire him. The guy sucked. That's not true. The Bills had some success with Ken Dorsey on offense. They were a very high-scoring team. Mm. There were also a lot of things that had to change. So I'm kind of debating, and I just want to kind of frame it the right way to explain to them what they're getting. What, what, what would you say? I would say you're getting... I... I don't it's funny it's like it's it's a tough question even after seeing him with the Bills for over a year. I think what you're getting is you're getting somebody that is going to de- help to get Deshaun Watson in the best place possible with his mechanics and with his process. I mean, when Dorsey was the quarterback coach for the Bills, I mean, Dable will get most of the credit, probably rightfully so. It's his offense, but Dorsey's on that staff. He's the second most important coach to Allen while he sees his rise. And if I'm trying to get Watson back into his elite form, which they better, he's getting $50 million guaranteed, then, all right, give me a guy that was a part of Allen's, you know, meteoric rise. And... When it comes to like what type of offense he wants, like maybe that even meshes in Cleveland. He if he wanted twelve personnel with the Bills and he wanted, you know, to do a lot of yards after catch stuff, which we heard him talk about, then like Cleveland's got the 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 tools for that. Like that's the offense I think that Stefanski likes to play a lot, which is two tight ends and play action and be able to run the ball well. They're gonna get Nick Chubb back. So I would say you're getting a coordinator that might be a more natural fit 
to the offense he's going to be in. And at the same time, I think you're getting a guy that I think is going to help get Deshaun Watson back to where they need him to be. So I, I think good hire. And he's not going to call plays, so I don't know how much you have to worry about. I don't think he's going to call plays. I don't think you have to worry about you know that part of it. Oh, that's true. I didn't even think. I didn't really think about that, though. You're right. Yes, yeah, Stefanski will still be the play caller. That's sure. right. That's right. You know, but I think what I'm going to say is, look, I mean, to me, it seemed like the Bills had a lot of talk about simplification, like simpling things down, paring things down. It seemed like Dorsey maybe put too much on guys' plates. Maybe that's why they didn't. There, there were too many critical mistakes made. Not that there weren't critical mistakes later in the season, but I would say, Joe, there were more. There were more earlier in the year by the offense, and there were later in the year. Now, there were obviously in the playoff game, we know that, and some drop passes. I get it. But it seemed like to me maybe there was too much going on. And then when, when Brady came in, there was more motion, right? You'd agree with that. There was a little more motion. Yep. They moved digs around a little bit. It seemed like they were maybe specifically game planning a little bit more under Brady than they were with Dorsey, who to me, Dorsey was more of a, hey, I got Josh Allen. This is what we do. We're going to be good at it. Let's go do it. And that's okay, but it seemed like Brady was more, well, this is what the defense is doing. Let's attack it specifically this way. Yeah, I, I hear that. So, like, I I think it could go well for Dorsey. And also, you know, it's not as good a position for him to get back in, like, a head coach, you know, type of right. circle. Um, because being the play caller, getting the credit for, like, a Josh Allen offense is going to be number one for that. But if Deshaun Watson turns it around, even if he's not the play caller, I think that Dorsey could kind of rehabilitate, you know, his status as a potential head coach someday. If but he's they got to get Watson back to what he was in Houston, or else he won't get that. Real quick, Bobby Babich, we don't know, you know, his status. He has been requested by three different teams to interview for their defensive coordinator job. There's no guarantee he gets one of those jobs. Now, obviously, the Bills would love to keep him in the building. I'm sure they would. I'm not speaking for them, but I think they would. Um, but does it, mean, does it mean they have to make him their defensive coordinator and play caller? I'm not sure. You have to see how all this goes. Giants, Packers, Dolphins have all requested interviews. We'll see where it goes. We'll talk about it tomorrow back here on the Extra Point Show. In the meantime, Sabres live up next. The Sabres are on the all-star break after a nice win in San Jose. One Bills live after that here on Monday on WGR. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode and catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.